0: Dun <laughs> dun Another Agogi podcast. i uh, have got a couple guys been here before. We've got Mike Griffin, what's got up, guys? Robert. What? Hello. And uh, we're gonna just spend this time, just kind of getting to know each other and talking a little bit about the past and what's going on uh, this month. Got a lot going on. So one thing that we're doing, everybody's going down to see Trevor. Uh, I know you got you got your place. You got tickets. You got a place for so. I'm excited about the, the UFC in, in uh, June 24th, so it's going to be a big deal.
1: Yeah, I'm I glad so. it was actually somewhere fairly close, too, so we can actually take a crew down there. And I, I'm
0: hearing rumors that there might be one in August even
1: closer. Yeah. so yeah. That would be good.
0: I don't want to jinx it, but... <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know if we're going to get on it, but I'll... The turnaround I'll, would be pretty aggressive, but... Yeah, I think... If he doesn't take any damage in this, it's possible. It'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, UFC's
0: going to Nashville in, in August, so...
1: Sam now, mountain would sell that place out overnight. Sam mountain
0: would fill <laughs> would fill Nashville up we've already done it once, so we know we can do it, but mm-hmm. they take up
2: all the carter buses going that way yeah. for the day
0: yeah i don't I don't know what it would take to get him on that car after that quick of a turnaround, but it'd be pretty cool as
1: long as he doesn't have any kind of a medical suspension after this one, which I know they give those out pretty pretty liberally but uh if he yeah. didn't take any damage then it's definitely possible, and they got to realize you know how easily that would sell out
0: yeah <laughs> like, you know it's so hard to understand like does the ufc just sell all the tickets whether trevor's on a card or not you know what i mean
1: is, mm-hmm. is the ufc just an automatic sellout anyway i and was actually kind of surprised when i got my tickets for jacksonville i waited a little longer than i should have but there were still a lot of seats open so i it may not be as well yeah, we got you know
2: obviously the seats we got were resale seats which i would, i thought was odd because straight across diagonally they were twice the price for first, they looked like they are just on sale, but the ones i bought were resale, and they were like half the price that it was straight diagonal. And I've got a better seat because I'm behind the media, or our group's behind the media, yeah. and so they're never going to stand up. I'm are you in the 100? 102, okay. section 102. We're, we're over 13, so I think we're right around. We're looking over the, the champion walkout. Okay. Uh, is what it's called. The aisle, where they come out. So, and he says he thinks he gets to come out of that corner.
0: Yeah, that'd be... It'll be neat. I'll, I won't be in the, the stands. I'll be...
1: Yeah, what section are you You're that? coming I'll out of I'll be way. making that walk.
2: So, <laughs> yeah. uh, at least, you know, a few steps behind Trevor. So, that's going to be pretty neat. And it's going to uh-huh. be different for all of us, even the ones that have been to see, because everything we've saw is at the Apex, which is like, you know, like your pin drop.
1: It's, yeah, 100, it's 100 people. really weird. That was Very how Bellator hard. was, too. It was like It was eerie. It it's was like an alleyway quiet. fight,
2: you know? <laughs> it, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people. That's just, there's no... there's, They do the music, but it's not... Anywhere near like being in a stadium and the roar of the crowd and everything,
0: it feels like a sparring session. I mean, it, yeah, the first one especially, like the first one felt really weird. That, that contender, was super weird, and obviously it didn't. You know, he he came out flat, and you know, we we've done that podcast, but it, that that was a wild one. It felt a little better because we had a lot more people. You know, it was cool walking down and seeing the guys on. Well, on around.
2: Contender, the there's probably the same amount of people as there was on his on his debut, but. Each group was specifically there for a specific fighter. Yeah, you yeah. only had like we had five
0: or something. five or six seats, yeah. right? So yeah. every and everybody's got five or six. Yeah. Where when it's on a card, you got so many international guys. Mm-hmm. There were more <clears throat> tickets available that we could get, even though they're expensive.
2: And everybody cheers at the like the one he did. The whole crowd would cheer one way or the other. That's but true. At ours, we were the only ones cheering for Trevor. Like we were the only noise we heard in the room. It was like you could hear independent people say things and clap. Get yeah, like Miles say stuff, and you could hear it on the. It
0: was it was weird corner because I could I could look over and just see Finney. I mean I don't you know yeah. he just stuck out. He's right there, and so like as stuff's happening, I'm looking and you know I, I'm giving calls because our ground game so similar that I'm I'm saying stuff and he's like yeah let's go let's go you know when he hit the ground and started for the Camor. But you don't want to be next
2: to Finney during that. You're going like to be picked up at some beat, point. Like he's dragging my shirt off. He's slapping me in the side of the head. And you're going mean, to get hugged. You're going to get hit. Yeah, it's,
0: <laughs> you <laughs> and you <laughs> and Finny have become like this weird duo. So let's talk about that.
2: Like the meat and the bone walking separate.
1: Yeah,
0: it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny because, I mean, one of the times that I know you guys are together the most is in the middle of the night yeah. playing Fortnite. So, we haven't
2: been lately, but we used to, yeah.
0: Well, tell tell me about the
2: Fortnite
0: well, I, I,
2: I didn't realize he played, and my sons play, and I just played to play with my sons, and um, we started looking up, because I I would hear Fanny hollering, so I would go in there, you know, to get down with class or whatever, and he's yelling, because you know how he does, and uh, if it was a night, he wasn't doing, you know, no gear or, or Muay Thai or something, and uh, I go in there, and I was like, you play Fortnite, and he's like, yeah, I was like, my sons and not play, I said, can we, like, link up, and play? he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, so, he tells me his name and i start looking it up and it and it's punisher torres i think is his name or whatever and uh, i start searching it and it comes up as cart of el giggle <laughs> that's the name so it has it has that as the screen name and it's punisher torres is not even really visible so i start look i keep looking it up I was like man i can't find you dude he's like i'm on there every night like and so finally i got him on there one night and he sends me the request. Like I called him and said, Hey, look, we're going to get on here right now. You send it so we can find you. And sure enough, I get the request from Carter Giggle. And he's like, that ain't my name, man. I was like, well, I know, but that's what's showing up on my screen. So now we got him saved and it shows that plus his name. So they can find it. Where
0: did it. that come from?
2: I don't know. I think it's just one of those things that... They, like, make, they make a name for you? Yeah, they just give you a... Because even if you put a name, and I think they put a number on it, so I think he just probably put the name in and just took the screen thing, whatever they give you. So his new um, name is Mr. Giggle. Mr. Giggles. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, we got to use this. That's. I need as much information about that as possible. And, we,
2: and my son, I mean, I look, and he tells a story too. He's told several people. It was really <clears throat> funny the first night we played. Um, he was Finn from Star Wars okay so my so my oldest son he's pretty direct and pretty quick on the uptake he goes hey Finney your name's Finney and his name's Finn and he's black and you're black and he's like that's a pretty good observation jackson and that's I very like, true. i was like oh shoot i've got the phone next to me i'm like dude i'm so, i don't know what he's because he's in a different room from me right i'm in the basement he's upstairs and i can't even get to him because i know where he's going with it and uh, i was like that's cool man it ain't a big deal and I, but uh, yeah it was funny finney was telling somebody that story the other day so who's the best fortnite player oh finney by far i mean he's and my oldest son maybe is close to him but Finney's more strict my older like kids wanna get out there and fight. So they just wanna go, I wanna win. So, like, I don't want to go out there and have 50 kills. I want to be somewhere and snap the last two dudes, right? And Finney's a lot like that. So, he'll, he'll fight a little bit. We don't want to get into a skirmish with everybody in the whole game. So, we want to get to the end, move around. And so, he's yelling orders, you know, right and left, like an Army general. I'm sure and, he's got
0: uh, – I'm sure he's, like, watching film from oh, past, yes. from past yeah. games. Yeah. He's stuff. got a plan
2: uh, when we go into it. Uh, he's kind of the leader, I guess you would say. Um, and then Jackson will just be randomly off fighting, uh, you know, doing whatever. And occasionally we've been able to get my other son on there. Um, he can play on his other deal, so there can be four of us. Um, it doesn't happen every time though.
0: Now, what time are you guys usually playing? Why you ask that? Because I'm trying to get people to know you. One of the it's best like, ways is they got to know
2: your schedule. Usually about one to three, yeah, probably in the morning. And the thing is, it's pretty. I'm like Finny, don't you need to go? Yeah, I probably need to go to bed. It's like four o'clock. What about yeah. your kids? Well, I, yeah, well, they're homeschooled, so we but we're, we're all on a different schedule, really. And and the reason I did that, I thought about this um, because Johnny's on me about a lot, and I know a lot of people ask me, and I, I I've really went over and over it in my head, and I think it was a time that I forgot, and I, you may have forgot. I think you knew about this, but when I got my, I used to go to bed late anyway. I go to bed about a, you know twelve or one or two, and um, what really threw me off schedule was when I had my last child. Oh, I know. I was like, okay, I tried to be nice, and I was like trying to be considerate because I know what she went through with her other three. And she's primarily took care of them as babies. Like, she's the, she's the. I mean, it's all her. It's not me. I'm, I'm terrible at babies. And so I said, look, here's what I'll do. I'm up late anyway. I'm already up to like two. So what I'll do is I'll stay up because I get going around lunch anyway, start dealing with issues. So I'll stay up. For, I'll keep the baby from 10 to 4 and let you sleep a solid six hours. So she'd give me the baby around 9.30, and then she goes in there and does her stuff and gets ready to go to bed. So when I got on that schedule, I did it for a couple of months. And so I just really set my routine up. I would work out at... I remember because right. I was traveling, working yeah. for you at the time. And, yeah. And, and it'd be, be
0: like two, two in the afternoon when you're like, ah, I think I can get Robert about right now. Yeah. So, so let me it, call him right now.
2: I kind of, during that time, I kind of morphed everything in my life to match it. And we've just stayed with it. And we don't need to. We need to And we even talked about it today, among a lot of other things. But <clears throat> we're trying to get it going back. The there. It's just hard when you get on that schedule for so long. It's been years
0: well, and you've you kind of got the ability to make
2: your schedule, which yes, is beneficial. Yes, and, and it, it does hurt in a lot of ways, but it also helps in a lot of ways because I do a lot of things at night on the computer and, and stuff that I have to do, but I can still spend time with the kids. And so at the end of the night, I can get a couple hours to spend with them. Whereas if I get home in the afternoon and, and I get a couple hours with them without the younger kid too. So with the little one, it takes up, one of us has got to be there with the little one, right? All the time. So when the little one goes to bed, I can actually spend some time with the older kids. Yeah. And whereas if I come home, if I get home at six and I've got all four, I'm gonna spend 70% of that with the two year old and the other ones are gonna get almost nothing. We go to bed at 10 or 11, I don't see them.
1: How you old know? is your youngest?
2: Uh, two and a half. Okay. Well, two two. Yeah, to about two and a half, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know why my friends decide to have, <clears throat> might be happening to you soon, who
2: knows, but That's
0: they get,
1: physically impossible. Okay.
0: They get in their <laughs> 40s and it's like, yeah, let's do one more
2: kid. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so no, that was not what we did, but, um, well, I mean, God had a different plan and is, it's kind of what you did with you. It, I did it. Yeah, I did. Do it. God had a different plan twice than I did. Um, I, but you know, I mean, it's, it's good. All fair. I'll
1: explain to you how these things work. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll help you figure out God's plan. <laughs> so how, how old were you when your when your youngest was born? My youngest or my
2: oldest? Your my youngest? youngest? uh, 42 and a half, almost 43. I can't, I can't um, imagine I can't either. And I live it every day. <laughs> I can't. Like, it's, I'm sitting here looking at this going, I'm going to be 60 when this guy's 18. Yes, yeah, Like, so this, I remember you're I was Because
0: old, your oldest was how old? 14. Yeah. So you were yeah, raising yeah. kids. See, that's how it got with me. All life. I got to 40, and my wife's like, go get snip. Or almost four. I was 39. She's like, go get snip. And I was like, I'm not doing that until I'm 40. Because, you know, who knows what happens, and I may need to start my second family or whatever. <laughs> you know, you never know. She could leave me tomorrow, and, you know, I need to have 10 kids like Nick Cannon or whatever to save myself on child support. So I went wait, and then she's like, well, let's just have another kid. I was like, I'm not – I started early, so I got a 22-year-old. I don't want to raise kids for 40 years, which is what that perspective looked like. Forty years
2: is a long time to raise kids, and some people do it. And I love kids, but I'll be at thirty. You're going to be very close to forty. I'll be at thirty. I didn't start till I was thirty-one. Yeah. So we we had a long time. Like we waited um, before we. I mean, we intentionally did this. I was really diligent about it because I, I didn't. I didn't have, never had any children, so I didn't know if there would be any any situations we had to deal with. So what we did, um, and it, everybody can't do it. I like it. We just we were very diligent about it. And when I say that. Uh, just like in a business, it's like I had the same drive in the focus on this. We didn't eat out. We didn't do things. We didn't vacation. We didn't buy new vehicles. We didn't get different houses. And we saved up a year's worth of one of our salary. So if there was any issue with the child, one of us could come home and one of us could stay working. And when it came time to do it, she had the insurance. So it was an easy choice. Um, And it was Easy choice for her. I mean, <laughs> stay home with the baby or go to work. Well, go to work every day, and uh, so I, I stayed. I would, and my first, my oldest one had colic, which was the most, one of the most brutal things I've ever dealt with. Uh, a screaming baby is bad, and when it won't uh. sleep but an hour at a time is it doubles it, or it compounds it. You can't even measure. And um, so I was walking around like a zombie for you know a long time. But I would basically take care of the baby the five days. She would work, so she'd go to bed, regular time, and I would be up all night with the baby. And then on the weekends, I would sleep Friday night and Saturday night. And then she would take back, I would take back over on Sunday night. Yeah, you know, one thing that, you, I mean, you talked about it there, but. I actually had like a, I had like a day. Also, one day a week, her mom would get the baby Uh, during the day. So I got to go. That was kind of like my recess, I guess. I got to go play golf. Your that. Mother's we, Day out? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Well, oh, it was, they were—they yeah. would rag me about it, like like I was the manny or the—I oh, can't remember what they used to call me, but they was, "Oh, you, you wife, let you come out play." You know, let me tell bad. you, was I was really bad.
0: My wife would stay home every day, take care of as many kids as you could give her. I couldn't do it. I couldn't have done it three weeks. I don't think. I mean, I love kids, but, man, did, just I being every day at home, just that,
2: I'd go crazy. I did it from the time school went back in session until October 1st.
0: One, one thing that I wanted to touch on, because you talked about, you know, for years you didn't, you didn't go on vacation, you didn't get the new car, you didn't do anything, and I did a similar thing, man. I went a long time without really having anything, but delayed gratification. Oh, yeah. Man, to me, that's one of those things like if you figure it out, you're going to do great. And if you don't, it's going to be
2: a struggle. It's the animal that eats you. Yeah. You know, it does. If you can't wait, you never get ahead. It's almost impossible. You know, it, and that's what I've told. <clears throat> I've told a lot of people like I had a five year plan before children, before FICOM, before anything. And the way that I looked at it. Um, And I think I've shared this with you. If you take, if you dedicate, and in all the Lord, all the years the Lord gives you, you just take five, just five. I mean, you know, you give 18 to school, whatever. You can start early as you can. If you'll take five years and just dedicate to it, no outside distractions, you can free the rest of your life by doing that. And so my goal, my plan was originally, it may sound weird, but me and my wife had talked about it several times, was drive a truck. So we were going to sell the house or we didn't own a house at the time we were renting, but we were going to get out of the house, sell our personal cars. We were just going to, we were going to buy an 18 wheeler. So we had, that was our only payment and we were going to live on the road. We were going to have one of the big double cabs and we were just going to drive. So we weren't going to have a home and we were going to drive and make money and just put it in the bank. So all of our expenses were paid for and deductible. For the company and then everything else could just go in the bank so we would almost keep the majority of our money except what we had to spend on fuel if you buy a new vehicle you don't have any upkeep so you get the five years and you plan your your finances based on your monthly payment you got your salary figured out yeah. and so you just stay gone and we didn't have children we were young and so that was my plan in the beginning um and what, it kind what of happened uh well um had uh,
0: your plan fall apart
2: uh, I wouldn't say it fell apart. I, just, <laughs> I wouldn't either. I'd say yeah. you turned out way better yeah, I than dropping the truck. Plan B went better than plan B. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it was actually yeah. probably Plan C, really, because um, I mean, I really just the Lord intended me to be here because I was at home watching my child when when uh, the guy called me to uh, come back up to work up here in Chattanooga. I was, I mean, they would say, I'm sitting at home with my smoking jacket because I would be in my robe until three or four o'clock, because I'm just, all I'm doing is making bottles every three hours. You know, he, he wouldn't sleep. He would sleep an hour and a half at a time. So I would put him down, give him half of the bottle, wait an hour and a half, give him another half, wait another hour. So that's all I did all day. So there wasn't a reason to get a shower or anything like that till later, till she got home. Um, but we ended up, I got a really good job in Dalton and she got a good job and she graduated school and we'd entertained a bunch of different opportunities and I got a really good job in Dalton. So we just kind of anchored down in that and thought, well, I decided to try to get into rental property. Excuse me, I had uh, I had some rental property already and I was trying to get on a, And I think the thing that a lot of people don't focus on is you have to focus on all the scales in your life that you're dealing with. You can't go, I'm gonna figure out how to be a millionaire or I'm gonna figure out how to be a billionaire. You gotta figure out how to be a hundredaire, yeah. then a thousandaire, than a 10,000-air, and you got to work your way through it. If you don't do that, you can't be a millionaire. I mean, lottery tells us that every day. I mean, there's all these horror stories about it. But I I got a good job over there, so then we dropped back. We focused on pounding money into paying our bills off and getting to a comfortable place. Then I was able to, I guess, adapt it to where I didn't have to spend five years on the road. Um, And that plan would have worked, by the way. I I agree. Really, really any plan that you implement, if you stick to it that amount of time, diligently— um, with a moderate amount of children, because because children throw a different kink in the in the situation. Um, three or four is probably one or two's two makes it a little tougher. One's probably a little more manageable. But um, we start. We got to a point where she was making good money, um, and I was making really good money doing fiber. And I was in a I was install uh, installer at that time. And so we got to the point where we got our we were taking her checks and living. And my checks were going straight in the savings account, and as they went in the savings account, when they got to be enough to pay any of our bills off, we would pay the first one we could get to. And I didn't really, I didn't really focus on the interest rate. I did on the interest rate, but I did on basically the ones I could deal with with the interest rate. So I'd, I would get, a, I would just start attacking, hundred dollars a month, two hundred dollars a month, whatever it was. I started dissecting cell phone bill costs. Do I need this much channels on my TV? Like. I did all that. We would eat peanut I'd eat peanut butter and crackers when I got home. I wouldn't go get to go food or we wouldn't fit, we didn't even cook. Like I would just buy a jar of peanut butter and graham crackers. Ritz crackers, I think I ate more than anything. <clears> that we did that and we got it to a point where I had my monthly cost. I was living in a house that is probably valued today at about two fifty or three well, it's probably three hundred and fifty thousand is what it'd be valued today. I didn't cost it didn't cost me that, but I was like hundred and sixty back then. But um, I lived in that house, her car was paid for my truck was paid for, and we had thirteen hundred and twenty-two dollars a month worth of bills. So literally, we could both go to McDonald's and work, and we wouldn't be in trouble. So then I go, okay, I'm going to take that amount of bills that I got to have just to survive. Not to, and I'm not even thinking luxury. Like I'm not thinking buy a new car with right. everything on it. Back then, it navigation was rare. Back then, I mean, we're talking, you know, 03. So I mean, that you know, if you had navigation, I, I don't even know if you get navigation 03, Could you?
1: I think. I think you could get, like, the little Garmin's...
2: Yeah, the add-on, but I'm saying yeah. the car with it, I that don't, didn't exist. I don't know like, if you could get one. If you got a Bluetooth radio, you were, you know... No, they didn't even have smartphones in Note 3, did they? No. No, it's flip so. phones still, so...
1: Yeah, um, yeah no. I had my Razor. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I had the Razor and the, all the Samsungs, or the hmm. flip phones. Um, it was right after the Nextel phase, you know, so the Nextel came out with the contractors and everything. They had that flip phone. But we went through that and got to that point where it was a manageable number... To have a, rec- a decent life, like we both had, de- we had good vehicles. I mean, they weren't brand new; they were they were used, um, but we purchased both of them. Worked hard to get them. We paid check for hers. We paid mine off, and um, I mean, we're talking about a Ford Ranger. We're not talking about yeah. you know a loaded up Silverado. So we got to that point. I'm going, okay, well, this is a thirteen hundred twenty two dollars. I can attain that coverage with the duplex. So then I started going, okay, well, if I can get one duplex paid for. If I can buy two duplexes and the rent off of two pays for one, or rent off of one pays for two, one pays for me, like I started working it that way in the small increments, not I'm a millionaire, Not nothing like that. Like you gotta start out small. So I started going, okay, I'm covering my monthly bills. So if uh, I can cover $1,322 with a duplex, well, if I can get one duplex to pay for two, two duplex pay for four, now I got $1,500 or $1,100, Plus my job money if I work, so then I start multiplying that out, going okay. Well, now I can do three or four of them. I get if I get three grand a month coming in, I don't get off the couch. I'm working for five. I'm sitting on the couch for three. Yeah, you know it started. It just started making sense, and I started moving it through. So we did all through that when I when I was doing the fiber, and like I said, then I came home with my son, and then um, so that was kind of how the. Five-year plan derailed from truck driving, I guess. But my whole family had been truckers, and I like my dad's a truck driver. Two, of, three of my four brothers are truck drivers. So yeah, was, you're,
0: I know your one brother pretty well. He was a truck driver, and
2: mm-hmm. then he he drove a wrestling truck. He did drive it. He he was uh, worked for WCW, and he and it's put the ring up. And so the the actual truck frame was the, the 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 mat the canopy for the ring was the frame of with the shell of the truck. So they turn it inside out. and It was just, what, just the big, canvas, yeah, the for canvas the ring. for the ring. And uh, so you would get done at the night, and you know you'd flip the ring over and put it over the truck, throw it over the truck, and that would make your truck bed. And all the equipment would go inside, and they would tear it down and go from uh, the Omni in Atlanta was a big one. They go to, they did a lot in North Carolina. Um, Charlotte, uh, they would go there and places like that. But he would just get a text, and he would travel and do it two or three times a week.
0: And then he'd get beat up every once in a while.
2: Yep. He would get to be a job boy, uh, which is what they called uh, a – I don't know what you call them nowadays, but I don't know what they. Maybe they call them workers now. But he used to say he was called like a, a job jobber. Yeah. Jo- yeah, jobber. Um, he'd just go in there and be the guy to get beat up. He get slapped and punched and flipped over and thrown over the ropes. And he's a perfect guy for that. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and he'd sell it too, man. He was good at it. He'd just, he'd get out in the crowds, to, and I I would go to local shows that he would do just for fun, and he'd be out in the crowd cussing at these old women, screaming at them, and they're spitting dip all over their face, screaming back at him. I and mean, we're talking about some rough scenarios. <laughs> Um, But, uh, now he did that. Um, But, yeah, but then he eventually got to truck driving uh, after that. And my other brother went straight into truck driving. The other one went straight into truck driving. My dad drove his whole life. Uh, So it was kind of natural. I I got first truck I ever got in. I drove it through town. And uh, because he didn't think I could do it. He's like, I don't think he he said, you can't drive. I said, I can drive this all the way wherever you want to go. He said, well, just get in it. We left Don Lolo's. Remember Don Lolo's? So we were in Don Lolo's parking lot. He would park there with his stuff he started. And uh, I drove it all the way down to down to 027, Old Trine Highway, all yeah. the way down to RCs or RJs, what's it called down there? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know where down you're talking. Where
0: you go over to Roper. And, We're talking you know, south Lafette for, for those of you yeah. that don't ever make it to Lafette.
2: Yeah, so I drove all the way through town, all the way down there, down to come back over and got back on Shattuck Industrial, came back over and drove it back to Don Lolo's. Um, I didn't have a CDL, but, I mean, we knew a few people down there if we got in trouble. So Yeah, still do. Yeah.
0: Um, on the – you know, I want to get into – I really didn't have a plan for this but I do want to talk about real estate because look I've learned a lot from you with money you know right now with this market what are, what's some advice you can give some people and then like what should people be doing with their money right now
2: real estate's always great uh, it's <clears throat> here's the thing I've learned over the years because I've had multiple jobs so I've always been doing something when I did the real estate coming through I didn't have any people to work maintenance I didn't I would I would work my job eight hours whatever it was installing cable fiber satellite whatever it was I would come home that evening I would go deal with problems and I would do that until 10 or 11 o'clock at night some nights I've been weekends I was I remember we had a barbershop on the square down Lafayette um hair raisers I think was the name of it I, I got off work Friday night Went there, got some food, and uh, me and the shop owner's husband—they um, were renting from me. We laid laminate flooring until about four o'clock that morning, and we just—that's just what I did. If I had to do something, I did it. I didn't have the money to pay anybody to do it, so I always had to do it myself, and I did the maintenance on all of it. That—that's the one thing. It's—and with getting rental property, it's weird. You have to do it that way. So if you don't have a job that allows you to do that, I would say stay away from it because you can't make any money hiring it out right off the rip, unless you have money, you know? So if you're paying cash for something, it's different, but financing, maintenance and upkeep, you've got to do it yourself.
0: Yeah. For me personally, look, I've watched you and other friends of mine do great with, with house rentals and and apartments do places. I've never wanted to be in
2: it. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a monster hundred foot tidal wave that you have to wait to crest. Yeah. So you got, and and I've had another conversation with a, a, the former chief from Lafayette. We were talking about it. You can't really dabble. It'll eat you up. So you got to get in, survive the, the chaos to get big enough to fund it. Yeah. So like you can't have just a couple and do well or have a lot of time. So you have to have a lot and it's hard to go from zero to a lot. So you just got to go through the grind, which is what I did. I mean, I added, I started out with a single building Then another single building, then I added a duplex, then I added another duplex, then a triplex, and I built it up to 10 or 11, then I got to 15, and just kept growing it like that. But I didn't go in and one whop go, boom, you know, buy this.
0: You know, while we're talking about buying properties, because I think it's fascinating, I don't know about you, Mike, how much you've done, but the using banks and using property. So, I mean, you're talking about buying all these properties, are you coming out cash every time, or are you using equity, or how does
2: that work? It's according to who you deal with. Um, Some banks are going to want 20% down no matter what. And some banks are going to allow you to use a good appraisal to get that 20% incorporated. Some banks won't. So it's just, um, it's according to the deal, man. And if you can get, if you get a steal, you may be able to get enough equity in the steal that you can get the 20% covered. If you know, if the bank will allow you to do that. Um, If you have some cash to put down right now, it's so expensive. So, I mean, a cheap rental is going to cost you 200 grand. So you're talking about $40,000. Not a lot of people got that. Just yeah, I feel
0: like right budget. now is a good time to hold your cash. Yeah. Wait yeah, for I mean, something yeah, to happen. It's a tough time you know, to get into it for it's, sure.
2: It's really hard. And if you're not already in it, it's hard to get in it, uh, Get into it. Um, but I, in my situation, it was, <clears throat> I had a, a little bitty house that my grandfather gave me uh, in West Lafayette. I say little bitty like it's, like it's minor, but it was the foundation for all the real estate stuff I did. So I used it originally we used it um, to, I took out a note on it to do the remodeling on it. So then I just, I mean, I started simple. Like I rented this house for $300 a month and it took $183 to pay the payments on it of everything. I had $117 left every month. That's what I had with the first, very first rental house I ever did. Um, He gave it to me, but it was like, 50 years old and had this asbestos siding and the old wooden windows it was awesome, so it it wasn't necessarily free but he gave me an opportunity to work you know which was awesome and uh, so I take that and I do that. then I eventually moved into it which was a good move because I was able to take and remodel again up to the standards that my wife wanted to be in uh, still in a kind of a low end part of town and uh, a small I mean we're talking one bedroom one bath living room kitchen dining room that's all it was (laughs) And um, so then we remodeled again, so we added another, because it hadn't been enough time for you to make a dent on right. you know ten or $15,000 at $180 a month, on a mortgage anyway. And so we added to it again and brought it up to snuff for us to move in. We did some stuff in the bathroom, things like that. And so then I took what was left in equity, bought my wife a computer to go to college, and I bought a couple jet skis. And <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I had to get something for me. So... Um, then I took the remaining equity that was in it and bought my first lot to build a house on. So I ended up with the house, I uh, ended up the lot debt free. Yeah. It didn't have a lien on it. So I was able to take that and build it from there. So the, the hurdle would be nowadays finding something that cheap. You know, even if you start at cheap, like, I mean, mine was free to start with and I had to borrow money to fix it to where I could rent it. To start at zero is almost unheard of but just the starting point you're going to be at is north of 50. So then you go, you got that mortgage plus the additional remodeling and all that, which makes it hard.
0: Yeah, man, the more I've looked at it, like, I think a lot of things are about to come down with commercial property. I think, you know, commercial is probably going to crash at some point. But like, when I look at all the work and everything, I just believe in businesses. Like, I believe in starting a business, you know, getting a customer and paying for a building that way. Like, To me, that's, that's like a realistic way of, of making money. And, and like where you went all in, I side hustled forever, Mm -hmm. you know, like I worked two jobs, you know, had my job kind of like you, Mike, you know, we've, we've had our job the entire time and just kind of done this on the side and gradually built it up. But, um, you know, and now it's turned into something. So now it's like, okay, well, (laughs) we don't look stupid, but we look dumb for a lot of years, you know, basically working for free, but. How do you guys, I mean, you and your wife have done great. Like, how have you guys managed your money over the years? And and what are some of your your thoughts and plans for how you're doing that?
1: Yeah, well, I'll definitely say that um, my wife is incredibly good with money. So (laughs) that helps me a lot. Yeah. Um, And, you know, one thing, part of our story, we got very lucky in some ways, just the timing. You know, we bought our house in 2008 when the housing market was in shambles. So that was nice. We bought, you know, bought that. I bought an no 07. Yeah, that's good too.
0: That, well, it was right <laughs> was before, that before it. Went, it? Yeah, okay. I, I bought it
1: right before it went down. Uh, okay, well, uh, I, I so pulled good. myself out, but yeah. it was alright. Uh, but no, it's um, one thing. One piece of it, I, I wouldn't. But listen, offer I want to say
2: this Mike, before you go yeah. forward. I don't think you were lucky. I think you were smart, and I think you, you because. God gives you those opportunities, but not a lot of people take them. Mm-hmm. So you had to plan to be there, right? Like, right. you know, had to, you had to look at that and take that situation and go, I'm going to take advantage of it. And I think that's what makes the difference and puts you in those positions. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, and I think that's what it was.
1: Yeah. So I didn't mean to cut you off. I just no, meant, you know, I cut me off for a compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, one thing I would say, um, advice wise, I, I wouldn't offer a lot of advice financially to most people because I'm figuring a lot of it out myself, but, um, uh, <clears throat> I know a lot of people get hung up in kind of this Dave Ramsey type, which I don't want to knock Dave Ramsey type stuff, but I always tell people Dave Ramsey's good advice for people that are really bad with money. Uh, that's, that's accurate. Yeah. But managing Stronger. your money, it's not just managing the money you have man, being good at, at dealing with your finances is managing your debt just Never. as much as it's managing actual assets. And I think that's one area that my wife and I have really done well in is we have we understand the the negative side of it really well, and we work that to our advantage so that we are always coming out ahead. You should never be afraid to borrow to do certain things as long as it makes financial sense in the end.
0: Look, there was a lot of people scared of borrowing money the past five years. Mm-hmm. Well, they missed money at 2 and 3%.
1: Right.
0: Exactly. And now with inflation at 11 The people that grabbed it at three are looking really freaking smart.
1: Yeah. And, you know, uh, maybe I can't remember how many years ago it was, but my wife was an RN making decent money. Um, I had a pretty good job, but uh, she wanted to go back to school to become a CRNA. And so that's, so school for her was going to be more than a full-time job. She basically had to work like 50 hours a week, and go to school just for school like clinical hours right. so she's she is not just going into debt to pay for her school we're also losing her entire salary and then our kids were really young at the same time so it's that was a huge strain but it was a you know little less than a three-year program that she had to go through definitely one of the hardest things we've done as a family but again just going back to like managing your debt. Well, we, we knew we were going to take it on the chin financially for a few years because of that. But now it's allowed us to do, man, I won't say whatever we want, but within reason, everything we want to do, just because now her, uh, her income has increased drastically and we've uh, paid a lot of that debt down. And, you know, it's, it's really opened a lot of doors for us, but. And I think when you do, I think what
2: you said about the Ramsey thing is, is very accurate. And I think the Ramsey, it's not bad. I'm not bashing at all, but I, I, think, I think Ramsey is for when you're in the tornado. Yeah. Like, you're planning ahead because if you get ahead of it, you're not looking at 20, 80, 10, 10, or 80, 20, whatever it might be. You're looking at 50, 50. Like, you know, this week, you shouldn't guard yourself to that point and go, well, I got 80 I can spend. You're probably going, look, we don't spend anything. Maybe we spend 70 this week, you know, not 20, you know, or whatever it might be. Um, I just say yeah, I think it's great to be in it. It's a starting point. It's a great starting point. But then it can get you... It's kind of like just getting yourself to the gym. Yeah. Once you begin to get there, you start learning to do it. And as you go, well, it's a little easier to give me another 5%, Tim's, and then just kind of take a little bit off the top. You start thinking financially minded, which I'd struggle to not in anything I do, which has complicated a lot of my life because I see everything like a profit right. <laughs> like a, or like a way to make a profit, even my homes, which has been detrimental to my children in my life. but um, And you're detrimental because... We make things make sense, and so then we do it. And it Dude, is,
0: that is, is it's simple. people huh. people really probably would be shocked at how little time it takes us to make a decision, because most of the time either you got an idea, Not a, or decision, I got an idea.
2: a big decision.
0: I'm talking from ground up to writing the check or mm-hmm. or signing on the dotted line. I mean, that's why we work well together. If it makes logical sense, we're both super logical.
2: It's like Monday to Thursday. It's, it's we're we're signing on Thursday. That's right.
0: So that's, yeah. And that's kind of how the pace of our life the past, you know, since we've known each other is basically just been fast forward.
1: I don't know about y'all, but you and I were talking about this the other day, Um, but I feel like big decisions, it's crystal clear. It's like, I can see two, three options very quickly decide. All right, this is this is good. This is not as good. This is the best one. Boom, let's do it. the The decisions that are big that have you know potential huge consequences or b- big rewards those come easy. It's the decisions that don't that I have a lot of trouble with. <laughs> if it's not a big decision, then it's just like I, I just don't even care. Why? is am <laughs> I?
2: The spitball hitting
1: you in the face, not a bullet.
2: Yeah, you deal with a bullet. Yeah. Spitballs just piss you off, man. It's like, can I get rid of this problem? Like, it's it's taking up all my life, but everything else is so easy. Well,
0: you know, this is and this is a good example. I had somebody talk about business and like, what happens when you get screwed over? What happens when you you know you lose money or a business deal goes bad? It's like, do you just quit? I mean, that that literally happened If you're in the business, you're going to get screwed. I mean, if you're in any business, you're going to get screwed, and like. It's almost built in that you're getting screwed by the government and screwed by everybody that you're dealing with. you just got to hope that overall you're making making progress and just kind of keep going through it. But I don't think there's a way around a lot of that stuff.
2: Well, there's not, and I think there's one thing, there's a word we're not using here that we're kind of leaving a little bit by the wayside, but it's the word that's the foundation for all this stuff, and that's work. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's no secret... Your wife went back to school. That's work. Mm -hmm. She had to work her tail off to get her degree. You work your tail off. you got two kids to take care of on the side. That's work. There's just a ton of work goes into everything. And everybody goes, well, I just want to get the snapshot. I want the snapshot right now. Yeah. But they don't see the long nights, the long weeks, the long days, the stress, the struggles, all the trials and tribulations you went through to get to that. It was work. And it's working through it and in it they can't do, and I think that's the difference, and they got to understand that. You give them a plan, you give them a Dave Ramsey plan, we can give them a, a Matt Mike and Robert plan, it ain't going to matter if they don't work. Mm-hmm. You know, there has to be work put into it, and that's where we fall short, I think, 90% of the time today.
1: I think, I think one thing, piggybacking off of that, I think one thing that everyone should do, you know, early 20s, like if you're right out of college or if you don't go to college, you know, maybe late teens, early 20s, do a hard job. yeah. And I know that's kind of a vague statement, but and, and maybe it's hard to actually pick a job based on how much it's going to suck. But my job right out of college, I was, a, I was an operations manager for a janitorial company, and it was brutal. It was long hours, a lot of travel, pay wasn't that great. Uh, it was rough. My phone was ringing from like 6 a.m. until midnight every day. And leaving that job was fantastic, but I still, I'm glad I did it because every job I've ever done after that, I can always look back and be like, well, at least I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So everything, it, it trained me well to everything I did after that. So do a hard job. Don't be afraid
2: of that. I painted the entire, people don't probably know what Imperial Cup is. I don't know what it's called now. It's on 27 there on the, on it's the a big uh, West Side, manufacturer. Monster building. I painted that entire roof during the summer, like hand painted it. I did it to, well, we cool sealed the screws. We bleach washed the whole roof, cool sealed the screws. That didn't work. The owner comes back, goes, no, we're gonna paint the whole roof with cool seal. A fiber, fiber matted cool seal. All right, I mean, I'm sorry, fiber fiber matted patch, it was silver. That was absolutely the office. I mean, I was cooked, I mean, I was up there every day and it was unbelievable, like 60, 90 days of that on a roof all summer. It was brutal. will make
0: making Reevaluate your career decisions, oh, sure. education decisions, whatever. Yeah. Have,
2: All your decisions.
0: i had a couple of those. Uh, you know, for me, I'll tell you some of the best advice I can give you financially. I mean, it's good and bad, but to me, having a good partner, like my wife helps me a lot in the fact that, you know, she kind of manages household stuff, but she lets me focus on making money and, you know, doing whatever I need to do. So, I, it would be really difficult for me to do it, like everything that I do without, without her. So, oh, I don't think I, I think that gets underrated be. a oh, lot of times. Sure.
1: And I, I truly think that nobody is good at all of it. So having two people that are that are good at different parts of it is a big strength as well.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. And what's weird with with my wife, we fight over a five hundred dollar decision, but I go buy. 10 trucks at a dealership and she never bats an eye like it's really weird (laughs) I go about I spent $100,000 at a dealership and she don't even think about it or $500,000 at a dealership and she every like we're arguing over how much to spend on a countertop or how much to you know that she's picky like that about but that's the bad part about it and, and she's grown into that too and she supported me. I didn't take a paycheck the first two years from, from my business. She was working just the same. We were doing, taking care of the kids. She was taking care of the kids and I didn't really take a paycheck. She would come to me if she needed money and I would say, okay, here's, you know, $1,500, whatever it might be. But if you don't have that partner in that grind to go through that, there's no way to succeed.
0: Yeah, because you know, a lot of people bitchy you. You yeah. on that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that don't want to deal with that. Yeah. And well, I'll tell you what getting to jiu-jitsu i really think the secret to a lot of people's success including maybe mine is learning how to like i've never really learned how to quit i don't know if that makes sense but every every opportunity that i've had to quit i just didn't take it and that helped a lot but jiu-jitsu gives you a bunch of those moments and so you get a chance to just kind of get in into the grind and learn to love grinding. And it also teaches you to learn to get really good at something
2: mm-hmm.
0: if you stay long enough.
2: I just view cooling I've as learned, a big L and I can't deal with
0: it. Well, I've learned more from, from jiu-jitsu with business and, and than just about anything. For one, you know, I started a business because I was so addicted to jiu-jitsu that it was gonna cost me a fortune to train. So then you're like, well, I can't afford to train. So it's, if I get mats, and have other people come to me, then, you know, I'll be able to cut my cost down to zero. Let me tell you that math didn't work for the vast majority of time that we've been doing this. You know, that I thought I'd save myself money by doing. It. But I mean, jujitsu is a damn superpower when you when you start moving into the business world and you start getting into into business and discussions because you you know the path already. Like you know how to be good. I know what it takes to be great at something. And it's a lot, but once you've done it, it doesn't feel like that hard to do again.
1: Yeah, but and, what do you, and think? you well, you also you have to deal with such a high level of adversity in something like jujitsu or wrestling or you know any of the grappling martial arts and and striking as well. But I've, it's a little I, it's I think different it's different, man. <laughs> I, look,
0: I love my stri- the guys that strike. I love them, but. There's a thing that you get in jiu-jitsu
1: about not breaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, there's something you just become about mentally
0: being, stronger.
1: There's I think, something about being just dead tired and getting stuck under somebody like Elijah Parker <laughs> that you have – your brain has to go to a different place to come out of the other side of that yeah. and not quit. And I think once you kind of – you get that – switch in your brain that you can flip to where you just it's not only that you can deal with the suck but it's kind of like you embrace the suck people say that but it it is a real thing you get to a point where it's almost like you enjoy you're almost like a masochist with you enjoy it (laughs) hey the worst the
0: day you know the i you know a guy like elijah man on a bad day it's like come on get on top i need to you're inside control you know just Just crush me. I mean, it it does make you feel better, and especially when you get out of it, you feel like you accomplished at least something for the day, even if you got ran over during the the work day.
1: But, you know, Dan Gable had a quote, that, and it works for any grappling martial art, but he said it obviously about wrestling. You know, everything's easy after you wrestled. You know, everything's easy after you've done jujitsu. You plug in whatever grappling art, but it's like you can sit in a conference room in a meeting, and it just none of it really none of it gets through your skin after you've gone through like really gotten into the trenches and in a grappling situation. Well and striking too there isn't like
2: an end to it so like you can be losing striking but then it stops because you get knocked down or you get knocked out you know whatever it might be and you can stay away from somebody you can run from them. You can't run from a jiu-jitsu opponent like uh, you, there's nowhere to run, and once you, like you said, when you get under, you can be under them and never lose mm-hmm. for five minutes, and it's nothing but abuse, and there's no victory, but it's a abuse, and and it's a grind. Is to, to, but in in fighting, you're either winning or losing, in, in striking,
1: you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So well, and one thing too about striking, you know, let's say, I'll just say me, I'm not a great striker. I get in the cage with Trevor, it's not a it's not a hundred percent that he's going to beat me. There's always that little, you know, haymaker, chance, yep. lucky, lucky punch chance. But then you take somebody who's a good, not, not even a good grappler. You just put two people in the ring and just grapple. There's no lucky shots in that. It's you, you either win or you lose. There's no luck
0: factor. It really is why I like jujitsu because it takes all the variables out. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many variables in striking that you can be the better striker and lose. Buddy, if you're the best grappler, it's really freaking hard to lose. I mean, it happens. Obviously, you know, the best grappler can have a bad day. But in general, if that skill level is just higher than that other guy's, even if you can't win, you know, you can not lose.
2: Yeah. And in jiu-jitsu, defense can become offense very fast.
0: You know what's funny is from all my time in jiu-jitsu, mostly. Well, you know, let me – so, my A game in jiu-jitsu is get on top. Everybody knows that. But my in the gym, I've always been the bigger guy, so I've always started on bottom. Because I just feel like, you know, it's at least more fair for me to have to get up, get on top before I start. Well, a lot of guys know. Now I've been playing around, you know, as I've gotten older and slower and you start getting – before Finney, I felt like any human I could sweep. You know, at some point – on my best day I would I would get him over and I guess it I can disengage still from Finney but I can't sweep that guy anymore so now you know I started playing the (laughs) lay there and basically be a you know just be still because for jujitsu to work it takes two guys playing so if you just lay there and plant yourself on the mat it makes it difficult for the other guy to do jujitsu now that doesn't work in a fight yeah (laughs) But a lot of the crap that guys do in jujitsu doesn't work in a fight. So, like, if we're going to get in a fight, I'll get on top. But, in you know, lately I've been using that one to rest and two just to defend and three because it's hilarious to put the biggest guys on top and not have them be able to tap me. But, and diving for
2: an ankle, it's the same thing. Like, not gonna work in a fight, no,
0: (laughs) but you're using. You're using a lot of those same skills. Like, it's, it's pretty interesting to do. And, and taking that defense and then turning it into offense, I never really worried about. It. I was the guy that just said, well, just do more offense. Like, what's the best defense is more offense. Always be attacking, and you're always going to be winning. So it's been a fun little thing for me to play, you know, that whatever-it-is game of just laying there like zombie and letting guys try to attack you and then looking for the opening and, and taking the opening all the way to the finish. Yeah. And that's the part that you got you to gotta figure out, but it's been fun. Uh,
1: you, you can probably relate to this, but I I have gotten the last few years, I've, I've struggled sometimes with almost becoming too lazy with my rolling because <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I can get to a position and just survive. I'm not going to really threaten you too much, but I'm just going to survive here and just wait for that opening. And a lot of the guys in the gym are, are good now about knowing what you're looking for, and they don't give you that opening, so you just kind of end up laying there and if I for a while I was having a lot of nights where it was just like I don't feel like I got a really good workout and I was like well that's because of me being lazy and just laying there I got fatter when my jujitsu got better
0: I mean it really got to the point where I was gaining weight because I wasn't moving enough yep. and I was rolling I mean, at the time I was doing 10 rounds a night but a lot of it I was either just laid on top of you or laid on my back mm-hmm. so I, I've had to really focus on continual movement in the roles where I'm trying to get and That's the other thing, is man, just picking and choosing the roles where I'm I'm going full speed. Because I used to think every role I had to go not full speed, but I always felt like, you know, especially if somebody new or somebody just walked in the gym that I had to give them a good roll. It was you know kind of like my job. But now I'm much more picky yeah. about when I roll and how how much I roll. But I still don't understand the guys that are white belts that don't roll at all. Like yeah, it, you're not.
1: You're not a black belt in my book. Yeah, you're, you're not. <laughs> yeah. We could, we could do a whole episode on that. but <laughs> Yeah,
2: we'll save that for another episode. Um, I don't get either one of those luxuries because I'm not the big guy and I'm not that good yet. So well, I, I was going to ask you. I have to struggle. I have to take a different route.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, so you got yeah. – I mean, I'm not going to say – you wouldn't say you got business figured out. But you've accomplished a lot in, in like, your life of of your career – and now you come in and you get smashed all the time. So why, why not just sit at the office where you're the man? Why do you do just, this to yourself? Robert? Just be the man.
2: <laughs> I why come in here and get, dist- you know, I don't know. I love it. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's inside of everybody that, that tries to do anything in life. Really. If they let it out, if once they get over the initial fear of it, cause I still get scared. And I, I think I, I'm, I don't remember if I mentioned that, but I, like if I take a week off, I get nervous to come back. Like I walk in, I'm like, oh, that guy's going to beat me tonight. He's going be, to beat me bad. They've they had a whole week on me, and I'm not going to be up to snuff, and my, my gas is going to be gone, and I'm going to be short of it. And once you get into it, I don't know, it's weird, it's like you said, it's relaxing. For me, because everything else in life is so stressful. And I get to get away from the phone. I get to get out there, just me and the other person, win or lose, you know, which mostly lose. But I get to do that. And I don't know why I like to I do. I mean, I, Mike, Mike asked me the other night, we were uh, getting ready to leave, uh, Whatever do I get dressed and everything upstairs? And he said, did you have a rough roll tonight? Like, your forehead's pretty red. I was like, man, I, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I don't know. I mean.
0: not every key night. Robert looks like he's come out of the rear.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I stick my head <laughs> he's everywhere. He's about
0: the last one off the mat. and He's got m- mat burns all over the You looked head. like you'd scrubbed
2: your face with some 60 grit that night. <laughs> well, it was, and it was your fault because he, he does this <laughs> neck thing, like, for the whole class. So we did it all week. And so I have to sit down, give the guy my back, excuse me, and it's brutal, you know. And, I mean, Lucas put, Lucas, bust my lip right off the rip. If you're listening, Lucas, you did. And uh, he knows it. I've done told him. So he busts it. Like, he just comes around for the for the guillotine and, and he hits me in the lip. No, no big. I mean, it's part of it, and uh, I didn't even say anything to him. Well, then I get Donnie, seatbelt. Who wants in Donnie's seatbelt? Like that's a terrible place to be. Yeah. And so he goes to squeeze and he reaches up for the guillotine. He mashes where Lucas busted. So I'm just feeling the blood just squirt out in my mouth as he's mashing the blood out of my whole entire lip. Then they can't get that, so then it goes to the forehead and back to the chin, the forehead, chin, and forehead. And I'm trying to protect that, and it's brutal. And then the rolling after that—that was the drilling. That wasn't even the rolling for the night of another hour of whoever gets on top of you and mashes you and balls your face and everything. But I don't know, man. It just—I just like it. I don't know why I like it. I can't. It's, it's like you can't really explain it, and I couldn't explain it before because we would talk and. I'd been a part of this place for quite a while, yeah. But I wasn't rolling. I was never here. People, I'd come through and, dude, I would hey, tell how you doing? Robert would, yeah, nobody would
0: believe. But you know, me and him talk all the time, and he knew people because he was in and out, and we talked, so he knew what was going on. But I'm like, bro, you're not getting the benefit of this. Like, I know you think you are, mm-hmm. and I know you enjoy it. It's fun for you, you know, to have it kind of, you know, because it's cool to, you know, be an owner of like that's awesome. But I'm like, you're really not getting it. And
2: I think you are now. I mean, yeah. I know you are now. Well, the thing is, I th- I've, I've thought about it a lot, and the the thing I think I was so hesitant is because <clears throat> it's kind of like a, a phrase a guy told me he said, you know, you keep you keep beating the dog, he'll leave the porch. And when I, I I know that nobody was there, but in the beginning, when I start first started training with Stacy, it was me and him, <laughs> which is brutal, and two other dudes that were. I would say one of them was built about like like Donnie, not nowhere near nearest ripped up as he is, but he he was a, he was a good sized dude, and this other really tall guy. So we would go in there. I was one hundred and fifty pounds. I was 20 years old, and they and we were doing judo. We weren't doing jiu-jitsu at that point. We were just doing judo. And I would come in there, and they would abuse me. Oh, there yeah. was nothing I could do about it. And they would throw, 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 and I would throw one of them. Then they would throw me, throw me, throw me, and I'd throw one of them. They would put – Stacy's talked about putting the jacket – put his military jacket on. We didn't have gis. And so he would put whatever clothes on me that they could grab or thick enough jacket, and they would throw the piss out of me for – an hour. Yeah, I really can't and, blame him for not wanting to come back. To and it. I was like, I can't <laughs> you know, go in there and take this abuse at my age. But I didn't realize the group that we had formed, and there's a place really for everybody. There's yeah. you can pick your roles. I don't have to roll with monsters every second. I
0: well, can, it's so you know? different than it used to because he used to just be monsters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were either a monster and you could stay or not. Was now only
2: monsters in Rock Springs. Yeah, that was it. So and that was I came in Rock Springs. Yeah. I was like, I got beat up really bad, and it's a lot. It was so far from where I was at to decent that the mountain was straight up. Yeah. It wasn't climbable to the degree that I was That's
0: what I think is cool right now. I think our students are making more progress than I've ever seen at any time by far that we've been teaching. And, I mean, it's, it's just crazy how fast these guys become pretty good grapplers. Oh, yeah. And on the flip side, like, Man, now that I'm here, like, full-time, so, you know, before, I always work another job, so I'm running in, doing class, staying as long as I can, getting there as early as I can, but pretty much, you know, just kind of there. Now, I really get to, you know, see the guys more, girls more, and talk to them more. I, like, my new favorite thing is, like, these guys and girls become completely different human beings, and... That happened to us, but it took so long, and we've been doing it so long, we don't realize it. Like, look, people think I'm—I mean, really, most, a lot of people think I'm mean, scary, tough, whatever. It wasn't that way 15—you know, 15 years ago. I was a much less version of whatever I am now. Just like you, like you become a better version each day, and more of what you are. And man, I'm watching guys, and really, I'm proud of them. guys like Richard, you know, Palmer that. They're not just doing well in jujitsu. They're getting into business and and doing well with their careers, families, all that kind of stuff. So, they're
2: really, grind, they're grinding. Yeah, and they're, and they're learning the grind here. And, and and I do want to say it. One of the things that really helped me when I first came back, um, and I want to kind of give him his props, Charles. I don't know you remember Charles, mm-hmm. tall, skinny guy. So we're both white belts. Like I didn't know a lot, and I didn't know a lot, and. We come in, we do class, and then, this is back when Stacy was teaching, long, long, you know, months ago, when I first started coming back, and I could go in there, I could do the five-minute rounds with the guys, because I couldn't always go, go and go, and I would do the five-minute rounds with the guys, but me and Charles were really, really close, we were so close that we were, you know, it's a lot like y'all, the black belts deal with each mm-hmm. other, you know, like you're just, this, you just moving back and forth, and, um, we would get out there at the end of every night. We almost rolled every night. It was just every Tuesday and Thursday me and Charles would end up rolling at the end of the night. We're both tired and we would go as long as we could, no clock. And it might have been three minutes. It might have been ten minutes. We just kept making it longer and longer and longer. And there would be nights where me and Charles would roll twenty minutes at the end of class because we both had juice that night. We were ready to go. We would you know, we'd made it through the other rolls. And that helped me more than anything because I could continued to attempt submissions on him that he couldn't defend and he could attempt them on me that i couldn't defend well, and i could grow that it's way it's
0: funny all right you but hit was, on one of time the, on the to team. me the most important things to get and that's a good training partner yeah like you can be at a great school and i mean obviously we're talking about it all the time we think we're a great school but man a great training partner mm-hmm. that's what that's the difference like that time way. that you're outside of class the time that you're talking to and it's fun seeing some of these little groups form up. You know, I mean, it's not – we're not cliquish because everybody can be in – it's not a clique if everybody can be in. Right. You know? But you are still groups. But you're know. going to have a group yeah. that you fit more into, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at a And it's really fun to see the guys and trying to figure out how to make that happen more. The, the folks that pair up and, and become training partners and friends and they're hanging out outside of, the, of here, that's really neat to see especially since it's gotten to the point where none of us are really involved in it. You know what I mean? It's like these new groups that are completely separate mm-hmm. and, and they're not, they're all still part of us, but I'm having fun with that. Yeah. Uh, and I think a training partner, man, you want to talk about making you better. Nothing made me better than getting with Stacy and having a great training partner mm-hmm. where I could just always have somebody that knew what they were doing. And, and you were or that was pretty equal to me. Well, Stacy right. was yeah. better than me. But being younger and stronger and bigger,
2: I the could I could give 11, him the game,
0: yes. good role. So mm-hmm.
2: like, and then you know there was also and you were like, learning in all the abuse hundred percent, which is what's cool about it, and is that it was the time in there, and and you know and me and Charles were we were at the same level basically, yep. we were both white belts. I'd done it several times, but I wasn't ever dedicated to it, and he was did and he was. The good thing was, we were about the same level because he had been in it way less. But he was going four days a week. And yeah. I didn't know that because I was going to class with him at night, and you know, several weeks or months into it, I was like, Charles, you, you getting tougher, dude? What do? You, what the heck, man? How you? What are you doing? He's like, well, I went to five thirty this morning. I went ten o'clock. I went to lunch, and I'm like. What do you do? You're cheating. Like you can't do that. If I'm only going twice, you're going seven times. What are you doing? There, there's and, uh, the problem with the
0: schedule, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See See, that, yeah. that's why we got to change that schedule. Because be you 10. would love the ten thirty class and the twelve class. Well, the thing is, are, if I start at ten, with John, we may be still there when you get started six. You probably will. <laughs> that's there's the bad There's plenty of days. John's wrapping the day. Like
2: oh, he's I been on the mat all day. <laughs> I, I come in to eat because you know I eat yeah. for class. And I come in, and he is literally getting dressed at five when I was bringing. You know my the kids. fun
0: thing right now is I was, I was over there maybe two days ago, and there's there's probably twenty two kids or twenty two guys in that class at ten
1: thirty.
0: I man nobody even runs a ten thirty class because I've never I've never heard of a ten thirty. Who you know everybody typically has to be at work. Yeah, twenty two at ten thirty, and and it's obviously a great class. He's pulling, you know, he's built that from scratch. So yeah, kind of like a bunch that. at five thirty. Oh, 530 does over twenty two. So, uh, it's fun seeing these little groups because you know, again, it, there's guys that are only training at ten thirty. So, I'm going to try to make some of those ten thirty classes to get
2: some roles in with those guys. But, and with uh, the financial guy, he's like, "Hey, Gogi Bros," and I'm like, "I don't know that guy. I've never seen him." But he probably goes a different time from Yeah. Him. Um,
0: and so, yeah, there's always. Are you talking about Greg?
2: Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Yeah, Greg does crop. So, yeah. Uh, there, yeah, there's all the different groups, and, and that that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoy that. Mike, you got any – I think we wrap this thing up, but um, let's give a jiu-jitsu advice, and since we've talked so much about finance, money, business, let's, let's give a little bit of advice of that. Um, right. I think a lot of it we've, we've talked about, but to me, I think – Well, the most important thing in my mind is to have a good partner, whether that's spouse or training partner. You gotta have somebody that you can count on. And like, look, you guys are two people that I've done this with, but like, have people that you're 100% on on their side. Like, if you're 100% on on somebody's side, they're probably gonna be 100% on your side. And that teamwork, was, you know, especially for business, you know, early on it was me and Stacy. You know, he was a um, school resource officer, and I was assistant principal, and it was just like, I'll always talk you up anywhere you're at. You always talk me up anywhere I'm at. If somebody says something bad about me, let me know. If there's an opportunity for me, you know, try to take it. And I think that worked really well. And me and Robert hooked up, and we started doing the same thing, and then all of us kind of, that just kind of became a culture where we're always trying to help the other guy out. But to me, train a partner on both sides, you know, whether it's a spouse or, or somebody at the gym, right. it'll make you better.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say advice uh, on, on the jiu-jitsu side. Um, I talk to people about this occasionally, but um, train gi and no gi, especially starting out, but honestly throughout your whole career – do both and try not to get hung up in one or the other because um, the gi is a totally different game than no gi, but they both have uh, have their strengths as far as why you want to be doing it. Um, if you're rolling and and a lot of times too, I even tell the MMA guys like don't sleep on the gi. If you roll gi regularly and then you get in the ring without a gi on, no one can submit you. It's like a cheat code. You're not going to be able to be submitted.
0: Yeah, if you can escape in the gi, it's easy to escape in the gi. Exactly. And if you can control in no gi, it's easy to control in gi. I was
1: going to say the the offensive side of the game is where no gi comes in. If you get used to attacking effectively no gi, then suddenly you throw that gi on and you have those grips and those friction points that you don't have no gi then the attacks become super easy. So I would tell anybody like I said either starting out or when you get more advanced don't get hung up on just training one or the other. I, I people probably think I'm a huge gi guy. I prefer rolling no gi. I just like the pace of it more. I like the, you know, the, that physical exertion I get more from no gi, but obviously I'm a fan of of uh, gi cuz I'm teaching the class, but gi is a, obviously a little bit slower a little more methodical, a little more cerebral game, but they're just different, but they're still two sides of the same coin and you should do both. So that would be my jujitsu advice, um, financial advice, kind of going back on what I said earlier, uh, like if you have an idea or you have something you want to do that requires some money, obviously don't be a dummy about it. Talk to some people, but just don't be afraid of, and don't, don't be afraid of debt. That's yeah. like, some of the stuff we've that my wife and I have done. Uh, it's been some of the best financial decisions we've made. We had to go into the negative to do it. So if you have a plan and you stick to your plan, then don't be afraid of that. But also on the flip side, don't you know? Don't go negative without a plan, or don't go negative to go buy a jet ski. And maybe <laughs> maybe check with somebody
0: to make sure your plan doesn't
1: suck. That's yeah. Talk to somebody.
0: You know like. Let me just say, if you're planning on opening a used whatever, you know, resale shop, probably don't do that. Yeah. Like, there's enough of those. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people are paying the rent on all these buildings with resale shops, but it amazes me that people will open a business and have really no plan to make money. But, yeah, that's good advice. All right, Robert, close this out.
2: Um, I would say on the business side, it's work. Don't, don't think that anything you're going to do besides a lottery ticket or you come up with the next big tech idea, anything short of that is going to be hard work, dedication, and sacrifice. And if you're not willing to put both of those in, stay where you're all three of those in, stay where you're at because you're going to fail and you're going to end up broke and you're going to end up back where you were no matter what you do. So if you don't, if you're not willing to do that, don't jump. But if you are willing to do that, anything that you do, you can make work. You can work hard enough to make it work as long as you dedicate those things. But if you're not willing to do it, don't do it. Um, and in jiu-jitsu, I, I would say the biggest thing is jump the hurdle. Like, I think for a lot of people, they may get a little scared. I know a lot of people that I talk to about it, like, hey, man, does anybody get in there and like, does anybody get mad and like get in fight? And I'm like, that's the place it doesn't happen yeah. because there's 50 people in there that will tune that guy up. Uh, bad If you start acting silly and you don't have to worry about that and g- go somewhere, but definitely go here. Yeah. If you can't go here, go somewhere. Um, I know there's a lot of people that may listen that don't live in this area, but there's no egos. There's nobody going to take you and abuse you and beat you up in a way that you're not comfortable with. So if you, you can always tap, you can always say, Hey, I can't roll with you or I don't, you know, it's, there's no egos there. Uh, just do it, you know, just go out there and try it and see if you like it. But there's all, a lot of other options here that they may like. Some people might like striking. Some people might like jiu They might like Muay Thai. They may want to have a bunch of pads on, you know, and doing that type of stuff. I think the thing would be just do it, you know, just get out and try it, give it a shot. And you'll find something different inside of yourself if you make it through the original, the fear and the, you know. I remember me and you talking when I first came back, I was like, I came back the first night, and I got out there, and you, you get over to me, you go, what are you doing? Because I went like three or four rounds, yeah. a minute and a half each round, but I just kept going back out there, and you're like, buddy, you don't know what you're doing. So I was like, I got this, because I work out five days a week. I, yeah. I can handle it. I No problem. I was, I remember coming to you like a month later, and I was like, Matt, I can't pick my arms up still <laughs> from like two days a week. What is this going on? You're like, it takes about 90 days, and it did, and I get, now it's down to about a day worth of hurt, because I probably don't take care of my body the way I should, but There'll be a growing pain there. So if you get past that hurdle and all that other stuff, it is good on the other side. It's just making it through that. You just got to stay the course and, yeah. and get in there and give it a shot and see.
0: You know, I mean, I gave my my little piece of advice, but, dude, jiu it translates so well to, to life in general. And a couple of things. One, it's just time on the mat. It's just, you know, grinding out there one way or another. And then we talk about Jujitsu humbling you. But it also gives you a sense of confidence that is not misplaced. Like it's – a lot of people have, like, unreasonable confidence. Or, you know, they think they can do something they have no ability whatsoever. You know what you're good at and what you're not in jiu-jitsu. So when you start getting that confidence, you know you earned it. And to be honest with you, like, when I look at, at – whether it's what we do here or, you know, like in – In my life, like stuff that I've done versus other people, (laughs) I have no more talent, no more ability, no more skill than anybody else. I just seem to not care about consequences as much. I'm just not as afraid and, you know, have the confidence to go out there and do it. And a lot of people, you know, whether it's the confidence to come get on the mat, the first time it takes a little bit, but then the mat is going to give you a lot of confidence. And when you go out into the world and you go out into the business world, you're going to have some skills in your toolbox that, that other people don't have so
2: well and it's it's too if you think that you can do any of those things if you think you're tough enough to walk out in the street and get in a fight with anybody and whip them come in here there's some guys that you will not whip and they will not whip you either but they will like you said they will get you in a place where you understand where you're at and you can figure out that you know that location and getting through that you know just bring you down to the reality of it going hey I need to work on this and they're not going to beat you up about it they're not going to go hey dude you suck take your attitude and get back out the door then you can go hey man I really thought I should be able to whip you what did I do wrong and they'll be like well you come in this way you acted like this and I love when
0: people come in and they're like I can't believe I didn't do better than that with you yeah really because <laughs> i I would have wasted my entire life if you did you know
1: <laughs> yeah if you funny.
0: walked in off the street and did well then my whole life has
2: been for nothing yeah i got i got saved the, i got on mic last week i think i told you this other day i was like listen i did we were, we were sitting there on he turtles up we did two weeks a tur- week or two a turtle and i start just pop 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 hitting all these i'm not that fast obviously but i'm hitting all oh, these, yeah. he's like he's on the ground with his face toward the gap going man, I'm watching this last week's greatest hits. And I was like, but they're not working. <laughs> He's like, well, they're not going to work on me. I'm like, well, this ain't work. What am I doing? Uh, you know, and he, he'll tell me, hey, that was pretty good, but that was nowhere close.
0: I do I love look, when a it. guy tries to do move of the night on you mm-hmm. that you just yeah. taught, and it's like, I knew the escape before I taught you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I kind of knew yeah. that most
2: everybody's going to be trying to get me with this before I started. He got me with the, st- the this this. The step that was it? You thread the needle. Yeah. The thread of the needle pass. I'm like, I'm looking at him. He's got his arm in a loop, and I'm like, oh, this. I'm starting to slobber. I'm like, I'm fixing to nail this path. I step through, and then my other foot comes back behind my head, and I was like, why, why, what are you doing? He's like, you got to bring the foot around. I said, you didn't tell us that. He said, well, I'm not gonna tell you that because most people ain't gonna catch it, but I'm like, I'm gonna catch it. Yeah. I was like, well, that's it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to it. Well, I guess we're going to get on the mats for another night, but uh appreciate everybody tuning in, and we'll be back later this week for another episode. Thanks, guys.